0: We've been in a series um, this fall really on build and we've been dialing in specifically on building others and today what I'm going to really try to do is answer a question which is what can we do to see real positive lasting change in the lives of those around us? We've watched the video, we hear testimonies, we hear stories, but what could we do individually, regardless of where you work, where you're from, uh, what your occupation is? What could we do to see real, lasting, positive change in the lives of those around us? And so I want to look at a moment in the life of Jesus as, as a reference point and as a model for us into this reality. and before I do would you just pray with me Um, Father thank you for your love and thank you for the world that you invite us in thank you for adopting us into your family and giving us new sensibilities to navigate into this new world called your kingdom we ask for great grace today in Jesus name Amen, amen. So we look to Jesus because really he's our king and we are in his kingdom and he shows us how to live. So I want to look at a series of verses in the book of Mark, the gospel according to Mark. Just to give a brief reference here, I love Mark's gospel because Mark really gets straight to the point. He doesn't spend time telling us about the childhood of Jesus, what he did when he was a kid. His lineage, those are important. But for Mark, he gets right to the point of Jesus on mission. It's almost as if this, Mark's account is like the action movie of the gospel. Jesus steps on the scene and he gets to work, he's on mission. And Jesus' mission in many ways was to demonstrate the culture of God's kingdom through word and deed. Demonstrating the culture of God's kingdom through word and deed. And when I use the word culture, what I mean is a way of thinking and a way of behaving. Every family has a culture, every community has a culture, every church has a culture, every nation has a culture. It's a way of thinking, a way of behaving, a way of understanding things. And Jesus comes to show us what the culture of God's kingdom is like. Because once we align ourselves with him, once we pledge allegiance to Jesus as our king, he brings us into a new culture which reframes how we think. And it helps us to look at people differently and engage them differently. So Mark chapter 10, I'm going to start at verse 46. It says, then they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a large crowd, take note of that, a blind beggar named Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the road. If you're taking notes or highlighting, highlight that phrase, sitting by the road. Bartimaeus was blind blind. Sitting by the road, which is to say that this is where he is in the social structure of the day. He is relegated to sitting by the road, begging, asking the community of people to help him. This is where we find this guy. We don't know how he became blind. We don't know the circumstances of his life. What we know is he is in need. And he's desperate. He might have been sitting by the road every day for God knows how long. He probably had no family. He's at the bottom of the social order. And the culture of Jesus' time was really governed by two values, honor and shame. And to really give just a brief definition there, honor is how others saw you and, and shame was how you saw yourself. Those are the big picture uh, terms for that. Honor and shame. That was the culture. That was how people fought and that's how they behaved and that's how they interacted with other people based on the concepts of honor and shame. So in many ways Bartimaeus is on the shame side of the culture. Verse 47. When he heard that it was Jesus the Nazarene He began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Verse 48, many were sternly telling him to be quiet, but he kept crying out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Now remember, (laughs) they come to Jericho, Jesus with his disciples and a crowd. So in many ways, everyone is following Jesus. I want you to catch that. So here they are following Jesus and they hear someone by the roadside who is in need, who is desperate, who is marginalized by society asking for help and they tell him to be quiet as they're following Jesus. How is that possible? You're following Jesus. And here's a person, not sure how many times they saw him. They probably knew him by name. And they tell him, be quiet. It's almost as if you're distracting us from following Jesus. Your cry for help is an agitation to my walk of faith. going to stay on the rails here but Bartimaeus shows us that there comes a point where we have to see the difference between our individual desire and our community's expectation of us they expected him to say nothing the masters in town sit there be quiet and let us follow Jesus and maybe we'll get to you But Bartimaeus got to a point where he says, I'm not going to pigeonhole myself into what people think I should do. I am in need. I need Jesus. I need help. He's in town. I'm going for it. He probably had no change in his tin cup. But he said, listen, I'm going for it. He cried out all the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. He doesn't know what direction He doesn't know where he is. He just knows Jesus is here. I need help. I'm going to ask. So we're about to witness what happens when the culture of God's kingdom comes face to face with the culture of the world. Verse 49. And Jesus stopped. He's got a crowd behind him. They're in procession and he stops. So everyone has to stop. When Jesus moves, we move. When Jesus stops, we stop. That's the concept of following him. But anyway, Jesus stops and said, call him here. I love this. So he doesn't directly address Bartimaeus initially. The same people who told Bartimaeus, be quiet, he says to them, call him and tell him to come here. Jesus is, he is such a masterful teacher. Because he shows us here that the way his kingdom works is human contact. That's how, his, that's how the culture works. You can't help someone from a distance. You have to come up close. You have to interact. So he says to them, call him. Now imagine what now they have to do. They just said, be quiet. They probably kicked over his can. Now they have to go to him and say, Jesus just told you to come here. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus is always motivating us to go after people. Always. That's how the kingdom works. So they called the blind man and said to him, take courage. Stand up. He is calling for you. And throwing aside his cloak, he jumped up and came to Jesus. Wow. This this reminds me of a song I used to hear growing up at church. um, Just as I am without a plea, but that thy blood was shared for me. And that thy bid me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come. This is where Bartimaeus, this is his moment. Verse 51. And answering him, Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? Point number one. One of the most practical ways we can build people up and see positive change in their lives is to simply ask a sincere question. That's really all it takes. That's the starting point to seeing change, transformation. Just ask a question, a sincere one. For example, there's a difference between, hey, how you doing, versus hey, how are you doing? Big difference. One is a greeting, and one is meant to connect and get involved. Usually, you have to ask people how you're doing three times before they say, okay, you're really interested, are you? Ask a sincere question. Jesus asks him, what do you want me to do for you? Now, in the gospel story, it is recorded that Jesus asked close to 300 questions. But he, in comparison, was asked less than 200, which is to say that he asked more questions of people than they asked of him. Because he was always trying to engage the heart. People came to Jesus because they wanted answers, but most times all they found were questions. Why? Jesus asks questions because he wants connection with us and transformation for us. Questions usually get to the heart of issues. When you ask the right questions in the right way, you get answers. But like the crowd, sometimes the evidence of our self-centeredness is when we try to help people without asking questions to find out what they really need or want. One is about us, the other is about them. For me to just come to town and say, I'm going to do this. That is self-centeredness. I have to engage the space and say, what do you need? How can I help you? How can I serve you? Ask how you can serve me before you serve me. Because if you don't, your service is more about you than it is about me. This is what it is to build other people up. Let's ask a question and find out what's really happening. Because if we don't, then it's a lose-lose situation. I don't give them what they need. And they, in turn, become disillusioned. Asking a question is one of the simplest ways to honor somebody. And this is something that everyone here can do. Ask a sincere question. Continuing on, and the blind men said to him, Rabbi, I want to regain my sight. He could have asked for anything. He could have said, Jesus, I want you to rebuke the people who just told me to be quiet. (laughs) He could have said, Jesus, I want you to fill this cup for me. I need something to eat today. He says, I want to regain my sight. I just want to see. Now, This is a a contrast between the last time Jesus asked this question. And this is really right before this scene. So if you read up a little bit, starting at verse 35 of John 10, look at this. James and John, the two sons of Zebedee, came up to Jesus saying, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. Their friends... They're in a relationship. So there's an intimacy here where they kind of feel like, yeah, you know, we can go there. Nothing wrong with that. But they front load their question by saying, give us anything we want. And then we'll ask. It's more preemptive. Just give us anything we want. Verse 36. And he said to them, what... Do you want me to do for you? There he goes. He's going to get to the heart of the issue here. They're asking, but they don't really know what they're asking. Sometimes I have to see this in myself. Sometimes I don't really know what I really need. I may ask for something, but that's not really what I really need. But it's a foot in the door. They said to him, grant that we may sit on your right and on your left in your glory. But Jesus said to them, you do not know what you are asking. Point number two of a practical way that we can see real positive change in people's lives, be a good listener. Ask good questions, be a good listener. When we actively listen, you will hear what's not being said. Usually. If we put ourselves in a posture of really trying to engage the heart, you'll hear what's not being said. They're saying, we want to sit on your right and on your left. What they're really asking is, okay, we're in this culture of honor and shame. We want to fit into this culture and we want honor and we want power. Give us that. This is what we want. This is what other people are doing. So since you're going to give us what we want, right? Give us the power so everyone else can see. And Jesus says, you don't know what you're asking. He's already on mission. He's already headed to Jerusalem to be crucified. He's already on mission showing them this is what the culture of of the kingdom is like. If they were to get their request, instead of two thieves on the cross, it would have been his two closest friends. They didn't know that. If you want to sit on my right and on my left, you see that cross right there? That's my right and that's my left. They didn't know what they were asking. There's a quote by Krista Tippett, who's the radio host of a a radio program podcast called On Being, and she says, listening is about bringing our lives into conversation. When we listen, we're bringing ourselves into the space to be engaged. This is where the raw material of life happens. Simply being good Listen. Now, I know this doesn't sound super spiritual. It doesn't sound like it's a high-hanging fruit that you have to pray and fast for. Forgive me. (laughs) Forgive me. But What I've seen is sometimes you can change someone's life by simply being present and listening. Really, it could be just that. Just listen. James and John wanted honor according to the culture around them. But his intention was to show them, Jesus' intention was to show them a better way, the kingdom way. So down to verse 41, hearing this, the 10 began to feel indignant with James and John. Okay, now here we have a staff problem. (laughs) Here we have a team dysfunction. They're like, could you believe these two? It's 12 of us and they want to be in charge. So here comes masterful Jesus trying to keep everybody together, you know what I mean? calling them to himself see that's always his first step let's draw closer let's 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 gather around children <laughs> calling them to himself jesus said to them you know that those who are recognized As rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their great men exercised authority over them. See, he was a listener. He knew that their point of reference was not him. It was the Gentile leaders. That's where they took their cues of leadership and power. He was a listener. He knew what was really being said. But it is not this way with you, verse 43. But it is not this way with you. But whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you shall be a slave of all. For even the son of man, talking about himself, did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Underline that word ransom if you're taking notes. Ransom for many. In other words, you're truly building someone up when it costs you something, you're truly serving someone's needs. cues from costs you. Jesus said, "Listen, if you're going to take cues from me, this is how things happen within our culture. My model is, I give my life as a ransom. The model of the other world is that you have other people give their life as a ransom. Okay. So out of this context, then we have the story of Bartimaeus. So it's almost as if Jesus sees Bartimaeus and he says, this is a lesson. This is a teaching moment here. I'm gonna ask Bartimaeus the same question so that my disciples can hear what a real, genuine, open-hearted conversation looks like. I'm gonna ask him the same thing. What do you want me to do for you? I can imagine then they're saying, wait a minute, he just asks us that. He just asks us the same question. Let's see what this guy's gonna say. And Bartimaeus asks for mercy. He doesn't ask to be a part of the band. He doesn't ask to be a part of the disciple club. He just says, I just want to see. A very practical need. I just want to see. It seems to me that Jesus wants the disciples to know that really they are the blind ones, not Bartimaeus. They are the ones who really can't see what the culture is like. But Bartimaeus does. He knows that in the culture of the kingdom, mercy is dispensed. Mercy. In James chapter 1, this is one of the guys who said, let me sit on your right and left. He came to a realization. So when he writes a group of friends he says in verse 19 my dear brothers and sisters take note of this everyone should be quick to listen slow to speak and slow to become angry I believe he's referencing that moment I really do I have no evidence or proof but I believe he's when he writes these sentences he's thinking about that moment be slow to speak be quick to listen Because that's what Jesus does. He's quick to listen. He's always asking us, what do you want me to do for you? And sometimes the question is not because he doesn't know the answer. It's because we need to know the real answer. I mean, there are moments, if I'm sitting with people, I may have to ask them, what do you really want? Because sometimes what we initially say is not what we really want. For whatever reason. There's reasons for that. But Jesus is asking us, what do we really want? Do we really want to see other people built up in faith and mature? Do we really want to see our city transformed and changed? Really? Then it's going to cost us something. It's going to cost us something. And what it may cost on the front end may simply be our time. It takes time to ask a question and to be an active listener. Verse 52. And Jesus said to him, Go. Your faith has made you well. Immediately, He regained his sight and began following him on the road. This story started with Bartimaeus sitting on the side of the road. Now he is on the road. Now he's accepted back into society, into community, no longer a beggar, now he is a rejoicer. And now he can invite other people onto the road to be a part of the culture of Jesus, the culture of kingdom. Now, I don't know where each person is individually. Maybe you are on the side of the road right now, which is to say, maybe you have a legitimate need. It may be physical, it may be illness, it may be something in your marriage, in your family, something at work. You have a real need and you're on the side of the road you hit a stalemate you can't move forward you feel like you're stuck that's it you, you feel like you're stuck maybe the first step for you is to simply ask Jesus for mercy ask a question Maybe you are on the road with Jesus, but other people's needs irritate you. This is real, because sometimes that's the case. This isn't a right or wrong thing, this is a real thing. Let's get real with God. One of the most transformative moments in my personal life was when I finally got real with God. Can you imagine that? I finally just said, ah, this is how I feel about this situation. And that that was the beginning of transformation for me. So be real about, I don't know why someone in need bothers me. I don't know why if I hear someone crying out, it bothers me. It distracts me. If I'm worshiping and I hear a noise, that's irritating to me. Why? It may not even be about the noise, the screamer, the distractor. It may be about where we are. But he wants to lovingly invite us into that space because he wants connection with us and transformation for us this is where he's taking us y'all he is and it's good and it's healthy and it's needed so ask sincere questions be a good listener Not only for those we come in contact with, but also in our relationship with God because sometimes we have to be good listeners to what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. And to ask questions because our relationship with God is one of dialogue. He asks questions because he wants us to engage him at that level. So let's pray. And if you feel like you are on the side of the road, Have a need, whatever that need is, we want to pray for you. If you're on the road but you have heart level stuff happening, we want to pray with you. If you don't know who Jesus is, maybe you've heard about someone talking about him, maybe you've read or seen a movie, but you haven't really engaged him at a heart level, we want to pray with you and invite you into the family. The term there is we want you to be saved. I want you to know that Jesus is the real king and he changes people he helps people he transforms lives and we want you to experience that if you haven't already let's pray Father thank you (sighs) thank you that although you are so great so amazing that you stoop down and just ask us questions because you want connection with us thank you for loving us in that way and we are asking take us deeper into that reality take us deeper into that for ourselves and for those around us our city our community because we do want to see people changed we want to see ourselves taken to deeper levels of maturity and transformation and health and growth So even in this next week, as we prepare for a block party, Lord, would you help us to ask good questions and to be good listeners? Would you help us to engage the real needs of those around us and do so, Lord, with true mercy and compassion in our hearts? Because we're following you, and we trust you, and we love you. In Jesus' name. So listen, if you're here and you are in any of those categories On the road, side of the road We want to pray for you Something happening in your body If you're sick, you're ill We want to pray for you If you want to engage at a heart level Let us pray for you and and stand with you Don't forget this Saturday, our block party This is for our city And we want everyone here to be a part of it Help us to love South Florida Amen 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 God bless you guys. Have a great Sunday. Have a great week. Ask good questions. Be good listeners. Bless you all.